Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. I was actually supposed to do this during the announcement, but I forgot. So, uh, this, which is giving you an opportunity to, of course, um, greet them. But you can do that in the coffee ball ministry, right? Yay! Okay, that's good. Now today we are... I thought we were going to finish up with Malachi, and we are, but we're not. <laughs> In other words, we're going to finish the book of Malachi, but I wanted to go back and explain something that's very important. Now, we said last week that part of Israel's problem, and probably the majority of their problem, was that they didn't reverence the Lord. And so, meaning they didn't fear God. That's what God says. So if they didn't fear God, it caused them to do those things that we've been studying in the book of Malachi. It caused them to uh, offer lame sacrifices, blind sacrifices, not give God the honor that, that, that God was due as their heavenly father. Uh, it caused them to the priests not to teach the word of God like they should. Uh, it, it just caused all sorts of things. They were just doing, they, they were doing just like the heathen. That's what they were doing. They had fallen, that back, that, 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 that fall backsliding, that's what they had done. And so the thought came to me, the question is that how are we going to be in a difference? In other words, he said that uh, in, 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 in review of, of some of Malachi, he said that uh, the, the, the mediator or the messenger of the covenant is going to come and he's going to come as a refiner's fire and it's full of soap. Well, what is that like? How do I know when I'm being refined? How do I know if God is using uh, full of soap on me to, to cleanse me? How do I know my heart is... is, is being purified by the Holy Spirit because we're in the New Testament now and the Holy Spirit has been given to us uh, to, uh, to transform us, to move us uh, into his will because the word of God says it's, it's him who gives us the will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what it said. So that thought came to me uh, and I said, well, God, I don't know whether the congregation knows that. So that's what I want to teach is just one message on what is the refiner's fire like. How do we know when we're being purified? How do we um, participate with the Holy Spirit in refining us? Because if we're not refined, then we're not going to be purified. And so... I want to be purified. And so I think you do too. I know you do too. So I was going to teach one message on that. So that's what I want to do next week is to teach on just the, the purifying work of the Holy Spirit. How do we t participate with it? How do we walk in step with that? That's all I want to do. Uh, and then that would end the whole book of Malachi. Then on uh, Christmas Day, we'll do a, a Christmas Day message. So don't think just because the service is an hour that it's going to 
be a watered-down message or anything. We're going to have praise and worship uh, the length of time we normally have it. Uh, we're just not going to have the announcements and things like that. Uh, but we're going to do everything that we basically do. The word of God will be proclaimed, I guarantee you. So, <laughs> so you can invite your friends. Uh, and let's start this time in Matthew. Because Matthew is very interesting. Uh, I want to introduce Malachi with Matthew because in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37, what happens is that we need to make sure that we understand that God hears everything. God hears everything. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you're with. I don't care whether you whisper. He hears every conversation of every single person in the world. Now you say, well, hmm, I don't think he could do that. I don't think, I know I couldn't hear every conversation. Like if you start having conversation with the person right next to you, I wouldn't know what you're saying. Is everybody talking at the same time? They talk, they're talking low. They might be talking a little loud or whatever. I wouldn't be able to know what everybody's saying. But and, and that's just in this congregation. But just think, every congregation in the world, every everybody who's at at, at the Waffle House now, at Hardy's now, at wherever they are at, you know, uh, he hears everything. So I said, wow. Now that's what that's what we're going to be studying in Malachi today. Is that our conversation? Conversations are heard by God. Now, in verse 36 it says, But I tell you that every careless word, not some of them, but every careless word that people speak. That means people in the United States, people in Canada, people in in, in Russia, everywhere, everywhere, he says that every careless word that people speak they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Now, do we, do, do we really believe that? This is in red in my Bible, and, and in your uh, electronic devices is in black probably, uh, but Jesus is speaking. And he's saying that we're going to give an account. Now, that to me is eye-opening. Every, I mean every, that means from the time I was little, from, from the time I die, every careless word is going to be given account of. So we don't want to speak careless words, do we? A careless word is a word that's spoken, it's like a worthless word. It's like a word that doesn't agree with God, his character, and what he said. That's a careless word. Now, listen at verse 37. He's saying, we're going to give account because, and I said, for, by your words you will be justified. Oh, my goodness. That means that what I say can Cause me to be justified on that day. Wow. It says also, and by your words, you will be condemned. I don't want to be condemned 
faithful words that I have spoken. I know that since I've given my life to Christ, that I'm not going to face the wrath of God. I'm not going to face, uh, you know, uh, uh, going the second death. But I do know that there's a judgment for the just. And I know that we're going to all have to give an account. So I don't want to be condemned. I don't know what happens when we're condemned, but I want to be justified because he gives us a choice, doesn't he? Justified by your words or condemned by your words? Every word. Now let's go to Malachi and let's pick it up in verse where we left off in verse 13 of chapter 3. This is what was going on in Malachi. Listen to what verse 13 says. It says that your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? So God says, you have said, it is vain to serve God. It's vain to serve God. Have we said anything similar to that, we think? Now that, that, you know there's some, there's some vain words there. Huh. There's some careless words that's being spoken here. It's vain to serve God. Why do we think it's vain to serve God? I would think I'll make a statement like that if I see that I'm doing what God has asked me to do, but I see people around me that's not doing what God says to do, and it seems like they have things better than I have. Other Christians, I know, I know, what some of those Christians do, I work with them. You know, these are, these are statements we make sometimes. And, it, and nothing happens to them. And here, my car breaks down. They have a new car. God, what, what, what good is it serving you? Why should I give my best sacrifice to you? Why should I give my best sheep to you? They're giving lame sheep. They're giving blind sheep. I saw my neighbor. He had to carry it because it didn't have three legs. His daughter got married. They're having, they're having children. My daughter hasn't even got married. I don't have any grandchildren. Come on now. We ever think we, we've done things like that before, said things like that before? We don't say it out in public. We usually say it when we're with somebody we like, we're friends, and it might be over lunch, it might be we're over the house or something, and we're just talking to one another. God hears those conversations. It says that, and what profit is it that we have kept his charge? Like we're keeping his commandments. We're doing what he says to do. And 
that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts. I mean, we're we 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 fasting. We're, you know, we're, we're putting on sackcloth and ashes, God. We're doing all this, and we're trying to show our reverence for you. And they, they, don't, they don't fast none. They don't do anything. Yet, they are being blessed, God. So now, see verse 15 says, So now, we call the arrogant blessed. Yeah, we call those that they, they are, they are, they are saying these things, but they are, they, are, they, are, they are blessed. Not only are doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and they escape. They escape. Nothing happens to them. Nothing. Storm comes, tree falls on my roof. They don't fall on their roof. They escaped. This is what they're saying. So we have two types of conversation. This is one type of conversation that's going on with the Lord, against the Lord. And let's look at another type of conversation. Verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And that's important. Those who feared the Lord, those who reverenced the Lord. Now, what do I mean by feared the Lord, reverenced the Lord? That's the, 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 those are people who they have the, the highest honor for God, the deepest respect for God. They have reverential all for God. You know, they, they, they are people who, their reverential awe of God causes them, leads them to be in repentant humility before God. When they hear the word of God being spoken, when they know that they have done something wrong, they have this, this uh, repentant humility before God. They ask for forgiveness. They, they, they don't want to be like they are. They want to do what God says to do. That's fear of God. That leads to obedience from God. And, and also, it's, it leads to an ongoing, an ongoing accountability before God. You see, the, the greatest accountability that anybody can have is accountability before God. We can... We can Encourage one another, which is important, but we can also fool each other. And that's why it's very important for us to have accountability before God. Our reverence is so deep. Our honor is so high. Our reverential awe is so, uh, we have such great awesomeness before God that He is our accountability because He will keep the person who has trouble with pornography, he will keep that person honest. Because no person can keep them honest because uh, that's been already proven. It, it is too, a person can do too much, too sneaky uh, to, for somebody to hold them accountable. But God can hold them accountable. They speak to one another. 
they encourage one another. And you, you know people, but you don't have to be around people long enough, long time to understand where they're coming from. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so you just listen to that conversation, and you can know, oh, I don't think I want to be around them anymore. Because, see, see, if you participate in that conversation of them saying, you know what, I tell you, oh, shucks, man, I did, I mean, I did. I'm not, he must think somebody crazy. He's going to, you know, um, going to give tithes and offerings before God in this day and time. You must be crazy. Nobody going to do that. Man, it takes two incomes to make it. We have bills we got to pay. You know, we have things. We have, we, we have stuff we got to do. We have people. Oh, I'm not, not, he must think I'm crazy doing that. What do you think? Have you ever been around somebody and they say something negative, negative and they say, what do you think? Now, you got two choices. And we usually don't choose the choice of saying, hey, look, uh, what you said, that's not scripture. What you said is really against God, and you need to retract that because God is really hearing you. You need to uh, give your best sheep. You don't need to give your blind sheep to God. You need to give your best sheep. See, because that's going to cause your friendship to go away. Nobody wants to be around somebody who doesn't agree with them. That's going to correct them every time they say something negative. You understand? But now, if you say, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I know. You know, I thought the same way sometime, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I just kind of hold it in, you know. Child, you shouldn't hold that stuff in. You know, you hold that stuff in, you know, you get ussels. You, you don't get ussels. You can't do, you just, no, mm. No, you have a heart attack. Talk to me. Tell me about it. You can, you can tell me anything. You, know? <laughs> you want to be around people who are saying, you know what, i tell you what, I didn't want to give my, my, my best sheep, but I know that I should give my best sheep. Yeah. And you say, you're right. I give my best sheep. I give my first sheep. I give my best sheep. I give the first of my crops. I give the best of my crops. I'm not going to be like, like Cain. I'm going to be like Abel. And so I want to give my best. You want to be around people like that, don't you? Because it's an encouragement. See, that's why coming to church is so important because you get encouragement in the Word of God. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be around people who are going to be on, 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 on the only day that, that you could be uh, with other Christians. You don't want to be you know, just with people around and they, they're speaking all this negative stuff because and you start slipping and sliding down that slippery slope and you'll be doing the same, the same thing. You don't want to do that. So they encourage one another. That's important. Also, it says that the Lord gave attention. Before I go down there, let's go just a little bit further. It says that they esteem his name. You see that in, in verse 16, the last three, three, three uh, uh, the last four words, who esteem his name. They esteem the name of God great. Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. I'm not worried about 
you know, giving my best sheep and keeping the lame. No, I can't sell this lame sheep, this blind sheep, and get the price at the market that I could if I gave my best sheep. But I'm not concerned about the, the finances. I'm concerned about the God who's in control of the finances. That's what you want to, that's what you want to be saying. They esteem his name. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman waketh in vain. Unless the Lord keeps our house, I mean, you can stay up all night. It's not going to matter. Unless the Lord keeps these uh, college students and all of us who might be, all of us who might be traveling this holiday, unless the Lord gives you traveling mercies there and back, then you are up the creek. Don't you think that your driving ability can keep you from getting an accident. You can be the best driver in the world, but somebody coming close to you, coming towards you, fall asleep and come across that lane, then you can be the best driver in the world, but you can die, let me tell you. Unless the Lord does it, and unless the Lord keeps you, then, then who who's trying to keep you is keeping in vain. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Read Psalm 91 sometimes. It's the Lord. Now listen to what the Lord says about this stuff now, about those who fear his name. And this is an encouragement to us this morning that the Lord is saying that, oh, I gave attention. I gave attention. This is verse 16. I gave attention and heard it. Woo! He gave attention. Does the Lord give attention to us saying good things to one another? Oh, he does. He does. He gives attention. What else did he say he did? And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, who esteem his name. Woo, my goodness gracious. Can you understand? You remember in, in uh, Esther, the book of Esther, uh, that um, Malachi got rewarded because Malachi had told the king, that somebody was trying to kill him and had averted the, 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 the danger there. And, and so it was written in a book. And so when the king uh, couldn't sleep one night, he said, bring the book for me and read it to me. And then Malachi's name come up. Mordecai, his name come up. He said, oh, oh, what has what's been done for Mordecai? What's been done to this man? Oh, my goodness. So he brings Haman in and asks him, what's been done for him? And Haman thought, thought he was talking about him. But the thing is that he writes, it's been written in the book. Can you imagine that every good thing that you said about the Lord to somebody else is written down? Not that the Lord needs a a book, he doesn't sleep. And he's not, he's not sleeping. So he doesn't need somebody, since he can't sleep at night, somebody need to read a book. He knows everything, doesn't he? He knows everything. But, but it's, a, it's, a, it's just an example to us because we know that, that, um, that, that it, it, it's like, oh, it's a book of life, isn't it? He doesn't need a book of life, does he? He knows who has life and who doesn't. But it is a book of life, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a book of life. And it says here 
that the book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. Let me tell you, there's a reward for highly reverencing the Lord, for highly honoring him, for highly esteeming him, to, to be in reverential awe of the Lord that will lead to obedience to the Lord. My goodness gracious, do you understand that, that you can't do anything to bless the Lord that he doesn't turn around and bless you? At some point in time, you're going to get your due. Don't get into the habit of saying, you know, it's just us, Lord. Who did that? Remember Elijah? Elijah said, man, God, it's just me. Everybody else, Lord, they're doing nothing. You know, I'm the only one that's serving you. He said, man, I got 7,000 haven't bowed their knee to Baal. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 7,000. Elijah thought there wasn't nobody. So we don't want to get in the habit of saying, yeah, those people, they didn't go to church this Sunday. I went to church on Sunday. They'll slept in, you know. God should have let them sleep in and don't wake them up, you know, and see what happened to them. No. You don't want to do that. See, because you're serving the Lord, because you're esteeming him highly, because you're giving your, your, your best sheep, your best fruit, your first fruit, because you're giving your tithes and offerings, everything that has been said in, in, in the chapters before that, because you're doing that, don't criticize people who are not. Because now you're speaking idle words. You're speaking those useless, careless words. And we don't want to talk about God's people, do we? Nor do you want to talk about the lost because the lost can't help themselves, can they? So the best thing you can do is encourage one another. Right? Yeah. He says in verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. My goodness gracious, I thought I was already yours. He said, no, they shall be mine. It's not going to be a doubt about it. They're going to be mine. On the day that I prepare my own possession, they're going to be a peculiar possession. They're going to be like a jewel in the crown on my head. I will, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. God is serious, isn't he? About those who speak well of him. He says in verse 18, so you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not. Right now, it might seem that you can't tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. It's in, this, it's in, this, in, in, in the stage where you can't tell the difference between the, 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 the righteous and the unrighteous. Those who serve God, those who don't serve God. You can't tell the difference. Everybody said they're Christians. You can't tell the difference. But there has come a time where the, when, 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 the, when the fruit comes and when the full head comes into the grain, where you can tell the difference between the wheat and fruit, wheat and tarot. And, and, and he says that there's going to come a time where you're going to tell the difference between those who serve me and those who don't. So don't start 
don't, don't be up there saying these negative things about people. Don't be saying negative things about me because my, because I tarry, because I'm, I'm, you think I'm slow uh, to do things. No, I'm not slow. No, I'm not tarrying. What I'm doing is, is I'm trying to bring everybody into the kingdom because it's my desire that none be lost, that all be saved. Isn't it? That's, that's his desire. Because he says that, you remember he said um, uh, in, in chapter 3 somewhere, he, he says that, uh, you know, I change not. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. What does that mean? I'm merciful. I'm merciful. He's still merciful, isn't he? But there's going to come a time where it will be distinguished between those who serve God and those who don't. We want to practice that uh, refinement now because when that time comes, and we don't know when that time is going to come, people are going to be marrying, people are going to be giving in marriage, they'll be going to work, they'll be doing everything that just like they were in when, when he told Noah to build the ark. Didn't he? You know, they're laughing at him, they're doing all those type of things, but it came a time where he said, okay, that's it. Get them in. Get them in, my twos, my sevens for the clean animals, and, 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 and get your sons and their wives in that ark, and God closed the door. I don't care who beat on that door, when the rain started, they were lost, weren't they? They were lost. They were lost. I want to be in the ark. Chapter 4. It says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaffed. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Now see, this is a different day than the other part of Malachi where it says that the messenger, the covenant uh, keeping the, the mediator of covenant, he's coming, and he'll be like a refiner's fire. See, refiner's fire turns our heart, gets all the purity, impurities out, and our, our heart be just as pure, because only the, only the pure in heart is going to do what? See God. This is not talking about no purifying fire. This is talking about a furnace. And a furnace burns everything up. It's not no purifying, nothing. Verse 2. But for you who fear my name. Oh, I like that. That was the title of, of the whole series. But for you who fear the Lord. In other words, you know, what I just said, that doesn't go for you. But for you who fear the Lord, the son of righteousness will rise like with healing in his wings and you will go forth and skip like calves from the storm. My goodness gracious. My goodness gracious. Does it pay to fear the Lord? You will tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which 
I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. He's preparing. We don't know when it's coming, but he's preparing. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb, which is Sinai, Mount Sinai, for all Israel. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the, of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And we know that Jesus said that if you receive it, then Elijah has already come. He's John the Baptist. So he, he, he paved the way for Jesus Christ. So the, the refiner's fire is here. And I say, oh, what is that like to refine me? And that's what we talk about next week. And it says that he will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. But for you who fear the Lord. How can we make sure we are in that category, but for you who fear the Lord? Because you remember the people in Malachi's time, they didn't think anything was wrong with them. They didn't. You remember that? Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. What did they say? What have we spoken against you? Right? See, it was in a, 23 questions, at least 23 questions. He was asking them. And they said, who, me? So they didn't, they didn't know that. That's why I believe the Lord wants me to teach the message next week. Because I was going to go into the Christmas message next week. And I have two part Christmas message. But he said, you know, I want, I want the people to get this. Because this is the last book before the New Testament. And see, a, a lot of people think, well, it says here that in, when he was talking to them, you'll curse with a curse. Ha, ha, ha. Jesus Christ in the New Testament, he's been made a curse for us. I can't be cursed. Right? Isn't it what, isn't it, what it says in, 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 in uh, Malachi? That's what God says. I've already cursed you. You curse with a curse. But we say Jesus Christ has been made a curse for us. Well, that's true. Hasn't he been made a curse for us? Yeah. But he's also took our sins. On the cross, didn't he? He bore our sins. That's what it says. He bore our sins. So that means that, oh, I can sin because he took my sins. He took the curses too. He took my sins. He took my diseases. It says in Matthew. Right? That's why he was healing people. He says that to fulfill that which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, that he bore my infirmities. He took my infirmities and bore my diseases. Are we still sick, some people? Sure. So don't think that it alleviates the consequences of being disobedient. It didn't for Cain. It didn't for the people of Malachi. And it's not for us. The only thing we need to do is make sure we participate with the Holy Spirit in the 
refining work he's doing in our heart so we can be pure. That's what we want to be. So that we can walk with him. So he can say, oh, but for you. Oh, but for you. All this goes, all this I've said, all this junk, but for you, you're going to be my peculiar people. I'm going I'm to save you. You're going to be mine. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want for all of us. Okay? I'm not going to be like, you know, one of the, the priests who they taught the word of God, but they taught the people uh, with such lukewarmness that they were sin. That's why they were sinning. But no. He says, I want you to teach my word, teach it with grace. Do you, do you hear the grace in what I've been saying? I mean, that, I, I'm, not, I'm not bringing no, you know, uh, no wars you, you know, no kind of message, because that'd be wars me too. <laughs> you see? Well, all of us, no, no, whoa, no. But I do want to be purified. And I do want to be him to say, oh, but for you, Willie Taylor. Oh, but for you. I want him to say that. Do you want him to call your name? Yeah. Let's stand. Praise God. I tell you, I'm excited. I got to have God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road.